Welcome to the Pilot Podcast. Where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and answer your question, should I watch this? I'm your host, Me Too, here with my co-host, BJ, and today we watched Netflix's Marching Orders. So stay tuned to find out if we're going to join the 14K dancers. Ooh. Actually, I want to start this before I get your overview of the show. Which group would you join? There's the 14K dancers, the Sophisticat, um, Color Guard, and the band. I would join the band. I would play it safe and just learn an instrument. Smart. There's a lot of pressure on those women. What would you join? None of them. That's not an option. Okay, then I would be an alternate for one of those things. You're going to purposely be an alternate? (laughs) You saw every single one of those children. I literally thought they were children. I realized they're 18, which still, they're very young. We're under so much pressure. Actually, let's back this up. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Beach, can you give some background on the show, a little explainer on it? Sure. So this show, Marching Order, is kind of a reality slash documentary show following the marching band at Bethune-Cookman University. So this is a historically black college, which has one of the most popular and well-known marching bands. And so here we're seeing the journey from auditions all the way through performances for this marching band. We're going to meet some of the students, see some of their stress some of their accomplishments, and kind of what the lifestyle is of being part of this elite marching band society. And a lot of the students enrolled in Bethune-Cookman for the band. There was that insane quote from that girl. Well, some say insane, some say dedicated. You and I aren't really team sport people. (laughs) But her quote was, I didn't come for school. I didn't come for books. I didn't come for graduation. I came for the band. It was the graduation that hurt. I was yes. Like, that I was like, girl, you ain't ready to leave. You're just ready to be in this band. I just remember thinking like when I got to college, I was like, you have four years. I was not thinking, yeah. what will I dedicate my life to while I'm in school? I mean, maybe that's just on me. get a degree. Yeah. And the other interesting statistic is that the band has a little over 300 members, but the university only has about 4,000 students. So almost one in 10 students are somehow affiliated with the band. And I'm comfortable guessing that at least 10 to 15 percent of the student body, if not more, have tried out for some part of the band in some capacity. Mm -hmm. For our viewers, we watched the pilot episode, but the pilot episode ended on uh, (laughs) a cliffhanger. So we watched the second episode, too. (laughs) And it was essentially a two part episode that focused mostly on the 14K dancers, um, which are in the stands. And they keep the crowd really live and they have really beautiful choreographed dances. Mm -hmm. And basically they were kind of a microcosm of the larger band universe where everyone has to try out every year veterans and new students. And so we watched the 14K dancers like go through hell to as veterans to like retry out for this thing. So if veterans are trying out, new students are trying out, new students said they watched the videos in high school, which is why they joined the band there was that mom that said her daughter was going to go to another college but they went to a game saw Bethune Cookman play and she was like I'm gonna have to enroll my daughter in this school like that level of interest my goodness that it must be now I'm bumping that estimate to 20% of the students have tried out for the band it's definitely a lifestyle and based on what the students were saying there's definitely this kind of 
status to being part of the marching band at Bethune-Cookman. So I think everyone in the students' population is going to know who's in the band, who's a 14K dancer, who's a sophisticat, who's on the marching, or who's on the drum line. And I think that has created a social hierarchy, which is kind of bad because we see in these first two episodes, and even just in the pilot, there's a lot of quality similar to hazing for the incoming members. There's a hazing quality... They're describing hazing. Hazing like. In school, I remember very strict rules regarding discussion of hazing and even asking your members to wear like the same color for something or asking them to do a group activity. Basically, like the rules around hazing are so strict that you have to frame it such that it all seems optional. And so uh, at least in public facing whatever you know like at least in a public facing sense what you do behind closed doors unclear but it feels like they literally described what colleges consider hazing like they're not allowed to walk on the quad they have to walk off the main quad and off the main sidewalk the 14k girls can't do their hair they can't do makeup they can't be on social media they essentially have to disappear yes they described hazing like qualities i don't want to go on the record saying this but I guess I am now. I think some light hazing is good for bonding. I think like people having to do an activity together. I'm not saying anything abusive, but like waking up early to run laps or I don't know, like doing some kind of scavenger hunt together or something like that. I feel like that really bonds people. It's like it's like when you're in a really bad class and you make friends with people because the professor was so bad. And it seems kind of like Greek life in some aspects, but then at the same time, it also seems like being an athlete and they're affiliated with the sports team, which is interesting that we didn't really see anything about the football team that they're supporting for this, all of this. But anyway. That's what they say about HBCUs though. You don't go for the game, you go for the band. That's all people talked about. Do you remember when... I can't remember what school we played. It was, I want to say it was North Carolina Central. Basically, listening to our band and their band and watching their dancers. It's just like, I I mean, I grew up in band culture. I grew up in Atlanta in Southern, like, Battle of the Bands culture. And I just totally forgot what a real band looked like. And so watching our band go up against that HBCU was, uh, it reminded me why you go for the band for HBCU football. You didn't like our band's Taylor Swift songs? (laughs) And our rendition of Kanye West's power, but as (laughs) instrumental. But back to Bethune-Cookman's band. Another interesting aspect with all of the kind of trials and tribulations that these students are going through. A lot of them, or actually I don't know how many, but some of these students are on scholarships. So like, not only is this something they're passionate about, they need this for tuition. Yeah, a couple of the kids they interviewed were first generation college students, meaning that they're first in the family to go to college. Uh, Two of them, I'm sure they're more, uh, said that they were on a scholarship. One guy said that more than half of his tuition is paid by his band scholarship so it's definitely Mm -hmm. a high a high stakes game and like you said there's also the society aspect i think her name was deja she used to be co-captain of the sophisticats but there was a (laughs) 
I won't say it. I'm going to say it. They descended into sophisticuffs. Um, so basically all the sophisticats got in a fight and Deja was co-captain. And so she was demoted because she was seen as the leadership there. And she considered not rejoining because of the shame of demotion. And then there was that other girl that tr- was a veteran trying out for 14K. So she'd been in it the year before, which her audition was rough to watch. Mama had nerves. But she said, if I don't make it back, I'm not going to show my face around campus. Like, this is the real deal. Even the freshmen were saying, like, I can't believe, like, the uh, returning veterans have to audition again, but it's going to be easier for them. But they made it clear it's an even playing field each year. Everyone has to re-audition except, like, the captain. So, like, you have to prove your worth time and time again. And it even seems like there's a legacy aspect. So for the 14K dancers auditions, the judges, instead of being the captains or the coaches, they actually had alumni. So like past dancers come and judge the new girls. You see the stress as they're trying to do this routine that they just <laughs> learned. You saw, I think it was Sheree you said who was so nervous she got sick to her stomach. But Let's she not. came back. They brought her back. But it wasn't enough for her to make the cut. The reason I'm laughing and the reason BJ's trying not to laugh is because I'm being respectful. So I'm being she, polite. No, it's it's just our surprise that I'm laughing at. It's that she was it's actually I mean, I can't imagine this pressure as a nineteen year old. I'm twenty seven and I can't imagine that feeling that kind of pressure. But she was so under pressure that during the intermission or whatever in her audition, um, versus this other girl, she ran out and had to vomit, and then she came back. It wasn't inside. during the intermission; she just stopped. Uh, no, they were stopped, and then well, they were no, back, they were talking to the judges, and she just like oh, true, true, true. She just walked out. <laughs> I guess it makes sense that there isn't like a break during an audition where they're like, take a second, breathe, meditate, come back. Yeah. Um, but then the judges were like, "Are you good?" And it was clear that she was like holding vomit in her mouth as she smiled and said, yep. And so she had to, so oh. she was like, I love the resiliency of black women because she truly like tried, right? She and she went danced. straight into crunches. Like she did the crunches. She did a split. She was moving her body and writhing and doing all this stuff. But then BJ and I noticed that. So she was doing this like very awesome prance walk to the other side of the room. And I thought it was like to turn around and do a dance and come back toward the center of the room. But she just kept doing the prance walk further and further until she left the room to vomit again. And so right through the door said nothing. But to her credit, which I think actually should have gotten her on the team, because I think her nerves were just the audition, but not the I don't think they would have been on game day because I think she's a veteran. What or she is a veteran, so they wouldn't have been on game day. But what sold me was the fact that she was like in it right up until she vomited. I truly could not tell that she was about to leave the room. You and I are both like, "Uh, yeah, is Uh, is she? And she just walked right on out of there and had to vomit again. And that lost her the spot, which was sad. Because the girls were yeah. familiar, all the judges, at least one had seen her perform. Yeah, knew her from the year before. Yeah, and said she was like good at being part of the group. And they were like, "Do we want someone who blends in, who's part of the group, or do we want one, someone who's a fourteen k girl who stands Which is, out?" You know, that's a good point. Do you want like someone who's good enough, or do you want someone who's gonna like shine? 
Yeah, but also you can't have like, you can't have 14 solo artists in a group. People should be cohesive. They're more like an acapella group. Like It's about having everyone be good enough to be the lead. Fair. But I feel like in an acapella group, every, everyone harmonizes. Not everyone has to be like a soloist. I'm just going to say the 14K dancers would be offended if they heard you compare <laughs> them to an acapella group. You're right. I actually dislike acapella. <laughs> you don't really like musical things. That's true. Even though I love music and singing. Yeah, which is very odd. It's very hypocritical of me. Yeah. At least you recognize that. Anyway, another important <laughs> figure for the marching band is the coach mm-hmm. who describes himself as a dictator. His favorite word is again, because, you know, you can always try again and practice again and perform again. And he just has very high standards and he has no shame in letting it be known that he has these high standards. He seemed almost pleased with himself that the students call him Satan. And he was like, I can't imagine independently bringing that up if people called me Satan. But he was like, I'm not Satan. No, he said, I don't think I'm Satan. And I don't think I'm God. And that's and he just kind of smiled. And I was like, I don't know, man, I hope I turned to you. And I was like, I just hope I never have to say the phrase. I don't think I'm Satan. Yeah. And it's one of those complicated situations where I'm sure parents know how bad this kind of dictatorship behavior is. And I'm sure the students are complaining. But then at the same time, the school and the students and the parents are like, we have the best band. We have the best reputation for our performances. And it is because of him. Yeah. So it's that annoying, like, you're a horrible person, but you're doing a good job. He's the Matthew Knowles of band directors. Like, was Matthew Knowles Mm. the worst to Beyonce and them? Yes. But did, like, is he very much responsible for their initial rise? Yeah, he is. It's tough. It also seems to be tough financially because they don't seem to buy. They don't seem Mm -hmm. to size or buy new uniforms. They just have like stock and you just kind of fit into one. That's the wildest fitting I've ever seen in my life. And it was literally people putting on old uniforms and seeing if they fit. It's like, what's your waist size? It doesn't matter. Try on these large pants. So the Sophisticats... I think all of them are a little bit there. I think I think for the most part, they're plus sized women. I, the ones we I, saw audition. Yeah. yeah, the ones that auditioned were. Yeah. Um, and the first thing he said after congratulating them for making the team was do whatever you need to do to make sure your bodies are ready for the field, which I think Lindy West does a really good job of writing about this. She's like a culture writer about how people assume because of your body, they make assumptions about its ability to function and how like and this is a much deeper and like tangent to discussion but um apparently like like doctors for example will not be as good at prescribing or diagnosing when it comes to fat people or plus size people because they don't see past the bodies and so they don't think to go deeper of like, what's wrong with you actually? And instead it's like, well, you need to lose a couple pounds. And so lots of people have written about like things that have gone undiagnosed and unlooked at. So in any case, 
back from that tangent. The first thing he said after he congratulated them was like, y'all need to be able to get on the field. Y'all be able to dance. And if that means lose weight, lose weight. And for the uniform fittings, apparently the uh, spoiler alert, the cliffhanger for the second episode, which I don't think this is a huge spoiler, is he was thinking about not letting the girls march because I think three or four of them don't fit in the uniforms. Yeah. So he he was saying it in like kind of a degrading way to lose weight, but also a very practical look, girls. We're not we only make have no new one uniform, uniform yeah. for you. Yeah fit into it we're not gonna let out nary a seam because someone's gonna come yeah. a year later and we don't yeah do we're gonna this use again. this next year so you need to be the same size as the girl you're replacing which is wild so we'll see apparently like the entire world has run out of maroon and gold cloth like apparently that there's just like a shortage we'll see what happens there that was the cliffhanger i'm definitely gonna watch the rest of the episodes this weekend not to give away Yeah, and a good thing about this show is that the episodes are about 13 minutes, so it's very quick. Yes. I think I said this when we watched Steven Universe. I like the kind of like half, half, half hour length episodes. Yes, I love that. I love that this whole season is like six hours. It makes me think of like Chewing Gum episodes are really short. The Chewing Gum is that other show that... It was on three some hours UK, UK special. Yeah, it's three hours um, because I feel like when Netflix has those 13 episode series, but each episode is like an hour, an hour and 10 minutes, it just feels like it. It starts to feel more like a burden than a thing you do to relax. Like watching TV feels like a task I have to finish when the yeah, episodes are it's too why long. I haven't just finished binging Black Mirror because some of those episodes are so long. Yeah. They're good, yeah. but it's like... <sighs> I've talked about this, but that's how I felt about Pose because Pose episodes were over an hour. And I was like two episodes behind or something at one point because I traveled for work. And I was just like, how am I going to watch three episodes of tele... Like three hours of this because it's like these two episodes plus the new one. It's daunting. You want to know the story, but you're like, am I ready to commit to this much time to find out what happened? <laughs> Is this an annoying thing to complain about? <laughs> Listeners, you tell us. <laughs> it's a TV podcast. Our listeners should understand. That's true. Yeah. If if anyone gets it, it's our people. That's fair. We love you guys. You get us. Thank you for getting us. So do you have any final comments about marching orders? I didn't come here for school. I didn't come here for books. I didn't come here for graduation. I came for the band. That sums it up, really. Seriously, right? That's a good tagline. Mm. Okay, Beach, um, what would you rate this show? What would you recommend to our listeners? I would rate Marching Orders on Netflix, now streaming. I would watch again, seriously. So Me Too and I, as you guys probably picked up on, we watched the episodes together. We watched the first pilot the first episode the pilot and we were like we both looked at each other and like yeah. we gotta keep going i literally i was gonna if i was like if bj wants to review the pilot that's fine i'm just gonna watch the other like the second episode because it ended on the cliffhanger i was I'll just gonna watch that tonight i literally didn't care i was like whatever he wants to do i'm gonna watch this later <laughs> like, and after the second episode i was about to i was like am i gonna ask me to keep going no we need to record our review <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's getting late, but we're going to hang out this weekend. And I, I absolutely 
I, I'm happy to give my rating now too. I cannot more strongly recommend this show. This is like good and juicy, but it's not like trashy reality. No, not trashy. Because it's cool to see how it's cool to see how dedicated these kids are. And sometimes when I watch like Love and Hip Hop Atlanta or Hollywood, sometimes I'll just feel bad after because it's like, I don't know. Sometimes it's too many fights. It just doesn't feel good. It literally doesn't sit well in me sometimes. But this show was Yeah, good. and I think that's a good point. I like that the drama and the tension isn't coming from fights or arguments. I mean, that could come later. But yeah. so far, it's just like people trying to achieve their goals. Sometimes they fail. And, you know, you're going along with them on that ride. And the fights and the arguments aren't like messy. Like, you slept with my man or blah, blah, blah. Like they do on Love and Hip Hop. Um, it's like it's about achieving this goal. These are highly 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 motivated young adults so yeah i look forward to watching this again seriously i very much look forward to like honestly i'll I'll probably finish it on saturday we're recording on a tuesday Mm -hmm. tuesday i'll definitely finish it saturday by uh, this is a show that you should definitely just go ahead and binge it's easy to do the editing is set up so that every episode seems to end on a cliffhanger (laughs) (laughs) yes They know what they're doing. Okay, listeners, BJ and I did a switcheroo on the intro, so we're going to do it on the outro too. I can do this. You can find more episodes of the Pilot Podcast on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and iTunes. You can also leave us a review on any of those channels, especially iTunes, uh, five stars specifically, please. And you can find us online at thepilotpodcast.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at The Pilot Pod. And we have a Facebook page, The Pilot Podcast. And if you have any suggestions on shows, really cool videos of marching bands. And I think Me Too is always looking for meal prep recipes still. Email us (laughs) at askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.